Welcome to another edition of Rainbow Cast Soccer Podcast. I'm Jojo uh, with Ryan Sergeson solo again. Mazamalegi uh, at opening day. We think it's for circle rules. Sig, explain circle rules <laughs> to the best of your ability because I don't really understand what's going on. Yeah, with, uh, to the best of my ability, I think they like. It's like a basketball hoop or a hockey net in the middle, and you play around it, but you play with a beach volleyball. I don't know. It's it's I, very odd. It's very Brooklyn. It, it's, it's very. It is definitely very Brooklyn. I, it, to me, like it sounds like you're dribbling one of those gigantic exercise balls. That's like you know. Yes, in that's what I meant basement. to say. Yes. <laughs> um, and and you're trying to. I don't know. You can dribble it. You don't have to dribble it. It just has to like hit off a piece of your body, and and you try and get it into a goal that are back to back or something. I don't know. So but it's, it's really fun guys. And you really should try it. And like, come on, rules. like, why aren't you trying it? Like, come on. Circle rules move to Brooklyn. Um, all right. So we got a couple of champions league games from today, obviously a very controversial one. Um, and then the two from yesterday, which were absolute shock. Well, Liverpool, I think or the overall result is a shocker, but, um, Roma just out of nowhere. And I, <laughs> I, I, I was listening to the exact wording that we used last week today. Um, and Whoops. Roma, <laughs> you know, you can't see me, but I'm tugging on my collar a little bit. Um, I believe I used the phrase, there are many teams that, it, you know, only a few teams could beat Barcelona. One of them is not Roma. Um, <laughs> so uh, let's talk about the game today, though, or the games today. I mean, Let's just get this out of the way. We'll mention that Bayern and Sevilla played um, played to a nil-nil draw. It was going to be always going to be tough for Sevilla to get past Bayern, uh, considering they gave up the two away goals. Um, unfortunately, one of them being in Jesus Navas' own goal um, from the first leg. Uh, Sevilla did take it to Bayern today, to their credit, and I thought they played well in the first leg too. Um, just overall, Bayern weathered the storm and and was able to advance as most people thought they would. Yeah, I mean, Sevilla is a weird team. They always kind of, I think, historically focus on international competitions more than other teams of their level, if that makes sense. So, you know, they're not going to make champion. They're not going to qualify for Champions League in the league, but they, you know, they had a really good run and they... They're they're a pretty legit team and they've had Europe Europe European success, excuse me, before. So, yeah, they uh, they, but you're right. They're not going to go into Munich and and get three plus goals. Um, it's just not going to happen. So, you know, yeah. it is what it is. And you know, and Munich, we kept on saying like, is when is Bayern going to get tested? And I think they kind of did today. They, yes, they weathered the storm, but they had their own chances. Like Hamas should have scored on a three kick. Uh, Ribery got into a great position at one point. So we're already probably talking too much about this game, but on to the <laughs> semifinals for for Bayern. Yeah, um, I think like in ter- maybe for this year, Bayern, you know, they're not really tested domestically, so they probably played a team that's better than any other team they would play domestically in Sevilla uh, this round. I think we could say for this year, Sevilla is probably better than a Dortmund, than a than a Leipzig or or Schalke even. I think Schalke, Schalke, yeah, a, Schalke is in second, I think. And but but yeah. like that's a, that's a surprise, yeah. So, I mean, Sevilla was a good warm-up, but ultimately, I, I mean, Bayern really needs to play uh, – really needs to play a better team next round. Yeah, I mean, um, the best team Bayern played is still probably PSG, and that was a long time ago by now. Right, but even then, like, they're, them moving through the group stage was, like, a short thing, right? Yeah, like, exactly. So, um, 
I mean, good for Bayern. I think they're they're really going under the radar uh, right now in the Champions League, which who knows if that's working to their credit. I think they're just doing their thing, having success. And we'll see if their you know, mix of old guys and, and some new talent uh, is challenged the next round. Um, the other game from today, uh, huge, huge controversy in the Madrid-Juventus game. So, I mean, for a while, <laughs> you know, scoring in the se- uh, scoring in the second minute, Mandzukic, getting another goal before halftime, Mandzukic. I mean, this guy loves playing Real Madrid, first of all. Um, Seriously. And then uh, they Madrid almost got one right back with Varane. Uh, yeah, he did. Um, you know, getting the third goal, uh, it was cool to see their away fans – um, Did you see Buffon like losing his mind? Yeah, I mean, he, he <laughs> not. Was, no, I'm saying on the third goal, not not with the penalty, and we'll get to that. But more no, like no, no. as Juventus yeah. was scoring, he was just getting like more and more Buffonish. It was great. I mean, I think it's to to his credit, you know, he brings that emotion, that excitement to like all games. It's not, sure. you know, it's not just the most important ones. I. I I just like watching him play, and I don't think anyone would disagree with that. <laughs> I guess unless maybe you're like a Spain fan or something. Um, <laughs> um, although Spain's gotten the better of Italy for quite a while now. Um, so, I mean, obviously the biggest decision in the game comes in like the 93rd minute, possibly 94th minute. I don't know the exact seconds for the call. But uh, Michael Oliver, like I believe he's 33-year-old English referee, um, you know, had fi- had a fine game to that point, and I want you to like give me your take on first of all the call, but second of all how you feel about it. I, I, your personal opinion about that type of call, that magnitude, that timing. Um, yeah, just give me your, your thought. Sure. So he, I think he had a good game. He did. <laughs> Juventus had six yellows and the right. red that Buffon gets, which is like. Pretty, I mean, we can talk solid, about the red too. Yeah, yeah. Put, the, solid, put the red aside a second. <laughs> but is it a penalty? I think, on a pure call standpoint, it's right at the knife edge. Like, I am not upset that it was a penalty. I probably would not have been upset if it was not called a penalty. Um, I I think that the that was Beneda who jumped into. Um, uh, who is the Vasquez on Madrid and kind of, you know, he gets his foot in front, but also at the chest level of Vasquez, but he hits the ball first as he's kind of like bumping into him from behind. So it's like the call itself. I'm okay with because it's for, to me such a 50, 50 call that it's really hard to call either way. Now, a lot of people, and I think you might make this argument that is that a call you can make that basically decides the game? Because it was 96th minute or whatever, 94th minute. I mean, not just not just that game, right? It's deciding two games. It, it's deciding the entire top. Yeah, it's, it's and it's literally tens of millions of dollars in ticket revenue and rewards fees. And, you know, it's a massive, massive call. And I, growing up playing sports um, and playing hockey in particular, I was of the mind of, later in the game you kind of let them play i have kind of evolved from that i think to my position as if it's a call in the second minute it's a call in the 90th minute all the all the minutes matter like you know it's it's stupid to say you don't call this but oh if you know back in 
if you if you if you don't call this goal, but then you don't call the you know uh, Sadio Mane offsides goal in the Liverpool game, you know to me those are those are equivalent. Those are you know razor edge decisions. The Sadio Mane we'll get into, but um, or Leroy Sané, excuse me, I keep on saying Sadio Mane. Um, but this is like if it's a penalty in the third minute, it's a penalty in the ninety third minute, and if he thinks it's a call, he should call that. And I understand why Buffon lost his mind. Um, I think it came out, we had it on our Slack, what Buffon actually said to Michael Oliver. Yeah, um, but which I, was. I, that's, no, 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 that's, I, I, I want to, you could read that, but then I want to read his, uh, his post-game quote as well to you. So he told Michael Oliver to go take a shit, which is just a fantastic way to end your Champions League career, probably. Buffon's right. probably going to retire. Um I don't know if that deserves a red card. He probably said it <laughs> in a lot more heated and Italian way. So it probably came across as a lot more antagonistic than, than just that. But right. yeah, to me, this is a 50, 50 call. If it's a, if you think it's a penalty call, it's a penalty. And that's just, that's the breaks, man. It just sucks. But uh, I, I, I don't mean, think you should think, t- put the way a whistle at all. I think, the big difference, I mean, you're describing like your experience with hockey. The big difference between football, soccer, and hockey um, is that, I mean, this one call in a soccer match can it could just have such a huge impact. You know, you don't, it's not like the penalty shot is called that often in hockey. And yeah, you're right. It, and even if it was, uh, you know, penalty shots, even the best shooters are generally around 50%. Um, it's just not the case in soccer. In soccer, the best shooters are, you know, above 80. So um, I, I, I think, you know, it, it's a snap decision. Um, I think he made the decision really fast from his angle. Uh, didn't even consult his sideline referee. It did seem like once he had, and I think like if you're going to make the call, you have to do that. You have to make the call immediately and snap or else like if you're second guessing yourself, it's probably 10 times worse. So if you yeah. make the call, make the call, right? Yeah. I mean, there, there's a little bit of delay. You know, you hear, you hear the fans, you hear the players. Um, it, it's I, I, it's really hard to put, you know, that much decision-making into a snap decision. You know, like how is, you know, this great comeback. And obviously the two teams on the field shouldn't come into your decision. But I, it, it's... It was a borderline call, and I think it's really, really hard to make a borderline call in the 94th minute of the second leg of, like, this game. You know, it's just that's what he's going to be remembered for, and he's 33 years old, you know? So (laughs) I don't see how, you know, people look back at his career and and forget this game. And I guess to my bigger point is, like, Michael Oliver – past his Spanish refereeing audition with a gold star. I think he would make a great ref, make a great referee in Spain. Um, I want to read you Buffon's quote because yeah, he told Michael Oliver to go take a shit, but his quote is just incredible. So he said to award such a doubtful or super doubtful penalty just ahead of the final whistle and destroy the work of a team who gave absolutely everything. You have to have a rubbish bin instead of your heart. A human being cannot decide the elimination of a team with such decision. When I don't feel I'm good enough, I put myself in a corner. He should do the same. It's a, <laughs> wait, wait. It's a matter of sensibility. It means you don't know where you are, which teams are playing. You don't know shit. I mean, this is like, you know, like, sure, Italy has some, some 
you know, questionable characters in their national team. But, like, Perlo and Buffon, these are, like, you know, the gentlemen of the sport. This is this is very out of character for Luigi Buffon. And I, I think it just shows, you know, how how the players are going to think of this type of decision. I mean, obviously not the Madrid players, but every other player. <laughs> Mosala tweeted just, wow, with, it was like 10 O's. <laughs> <laughs> that, that tweet made me laugh too. I, it, I think it's a really tough call. And I, I, it, it's, again, you have to think about the magnitude of, of like what your decision is affecting. And I know that shouldn't be part of the game, but it's just... Y- he hand he really did hand the game to he handed uh, advancement to Madrid uh, with that type of call, and he doesn't know yeah. if gonna t- he doesn't know if he doesn't know if gonna lose his mind. But if he doesn't make that call and say I don't know who's the Buffon of Madrid, I don't want to say Ronaldo, but like I, I think Isco is a pretty respected. Um, you know, player, there's no Pepe anymore. Maybe Tony Cruz. If Tony Cruz comes up and does the same thing and loses his mind and, you know, gets a red for screaming and has the same sort of comments, like, I think it's like such a 50-50 call that if he doesn't make the call, then he just has just as many fans on the other side screaming for, like, you have to make that call. You can't, you know, you're deciding the game for us. You're putting it into your hands by, by letting them play. So I think I appreciate Buffon's statements, but I think that it's, it's such a it's such a nice edge call that it's going to upset people anyway, um, and it just it just sucks for Juventus. It's just yeah, it's a, it's a it, it rough does, rough deal. It does suck. I mean, I don't want to harp on it anymore. Basically, what I said to you was, I don't. I think if the call, you know, isn't made, Real Madrid would have forgot about it in 15 seconds, and then we would have gone to extra time without any issue. This is only a call. I, I to me, this is only a call that could have upset. Uh, <laughs> I'll say Juventus and Juventus fans, but really upset everyone else in the world because I don't think there's many neutrals who are rooting for Real Madrid. Um, <laughs> um, overall, I, you are I, right. I forgot that they would have gone to overtime. Um, so you're right that they probably would have forgotten about the call yeah. um, and probably would have scored on like another penalty call at like the 115th yeah, minute. I so mean, honestly, uh, you mentioned it before, like um, Juventus had six cards and I believe three of their back, uh, three of their, two of the back two and Pajanic, um, who effectively plays as like um, the center. Yeah, D. D- yeah. So like he, you know, I was afraid that they were going to pick up a red card in extra time regard or a second yellow in extra time regardless, just because six players on the field had a card. Um, I, I don't know. It's a tough way to end. I don't. It wasn't the only thing that happened today. Um, I think overall between the two legs, I would actually have given the edge to Juventus, which is a little bit of ironic because I don't think Juventus was the better team between Juventus and Tottenham. So, <laughs> in a way, that, <laughs> in, in a way, in a way, that's a, a little bit of a, I don't know, not karma, but you know, the the world the world has been righted in a way, um, and. Uh, what more can we say than, than Cristiano Ronaldo taking a perfect, you know, he did nothing wrong today, takes a perfect penalty, and they get through. Yeah, and uh, the goalie, I'm not going to even try to pronounce his last name. There's a lot of Zs Wo- and Ss Wo- in a row. Wojciech Wo- Chesney. Chesney, sure. Yeah. Um, for coming in ice cold, 
you know, having to do one thing. He did a pretty good job. He guessed right. He just did, no one's going to, you know, save that penalty. You're right. Uh, Ronaldo did exactly. I, yeah, perfect, perfect penalty. I mean, it's great, great call. Chesney's a good goal. He's the. Is he the Polish the, international? Yeah, but I don't, I'm not sure if he's the starter. Um, all right. Well, I mean, Real Madrid through, Byron through. The two favorites today get through. Let's talk about the two games from yesterday because neither of the favorites got through. Um, which one do you want to start <laughs> with? I mean, they're both. They're both. Let's. I'll tell you what. Let's start with Liverpool first because uh, we expected them to go through. Well, I mean, we said it was likely, uh, not guaranteed that they would go through. Uh, what surprised me is beating City at home uh, when City was home, um, and and City started off the game. Very strong, uh, probably a debatable goal in that the goal itself is not debatable, but Van Dyke was, uh, the goal is created from a Van Dyke turnover where he was probably fouled. Um, probably, but also how do you get muscled off the ball by Sterling, who's like six inches shorter than you and you have 30 pounds on. So like, yeah, no, Van, Van Dyke absolutely has to play through the whistle. Um, but then later in the half, Liverpool get the benefit of the doubt on a call where, uh, you know, I, I, I don't think James Milner was, I, I think it just should have been a goal. Um, it was, it was, it was, uh, he was definitely offside, but there was definitely deflection. That's to me a good goal for, it would have been Sané, I think, who tapped it in. Right. So, um, yeah, so that was a tough call. You know, maybe those even out, maybe in, and. Uh, you know, a, a large percentage of the time that it is two nothing, um, but City really just fell flat after that non-goal, uh, and Liverpool were able to take advantage. Uh, they get a first goal through Mosala that starts way downfield in their own end, basically, uh, with good link-up play between Salah and Firmino all the way down the field, um, and then yeah. from and, and then, Mane's uh, first touch on that goal was fantastic. Yeah, I mean, it's just like, I don't understand how Fernandinho can call them a long ball team when, when that goal started, you know, three quarters of the way away, or three quarters of the field away from Man City's goal. Um, and then their second goal is just a high press on Odomendi. And, and he gives the ball away, and Firmino is able to, to sneak one in just right off the far post. Yeah. Um, I mean, the game was, you know, the, the game... The tone of the game changed after Salah's goal, but but still, I, I was still surprised to, uh, again, in last week's podcast, said Liverpool are going to lose this game, and that, that results kind of surprised me. Um, so in the grand scheme of things, obviously, City eliminated. How do you rate City's season now <laughs> that they're really, I, I mean, they have six games left, I believe, five or six games left it doesn't really matter right that's the point they won the league they won the Carabao Cup uh and that's it so talk to me about City's season so I heard I don't I sorry I can't quote where I heard this but I I really enjoy this line so I'm going to steal it Pep uh, Guardiola has never exceeded expectations as a coach and that's primarily due to the fact that as a coach, he's always had such, such high talented teams that the expectations have been you have to win a treble or you have to win, you know, six trophies in a year. So it's really hard for him to exceed expectations because he always has the talent to set your expectations really, really high. Right. Um, 
And so this is a classic example of that. They are going to probably break the Premier League points um, record and it's going to seem disappointing. It's going to seem um, shallow or, you know, not complete because this, that trophy was wrapped up by Christmas. So I think it's still a good season. The Premier League is a pretty hard league, especially in the top flight. The city's record against top six teams um, is obviously not great when you have a, a loss to Man U and a loss to Liverpool, but they still dom- they're going to, they're going to probably take Tottenham to the woodshed this weekend. I'm hoping that it won't happen, but I'm worried they're going to take out some, some feelings here. Um <laughs> They they blitzed Chelsea. They you know blitzed Arsenal like four times this year. They they are a class team. I think again they they also came really close to making this a Roma style game. Bernardo Silva cranked one off the post that definitely had eyes off that deflection to get in. They get a bad call. Yes, the they may have gotten one on the Virgil Van Dyke. You know toss it up in the air, but. They just needed a one little bit more bounce, and this game is 2-0 coming into halftime, and then it's, I think it completely flips. Uh, I'd also, I wonder how much City packed it in kind of when their manager gets sent off, and just yeah. like, you know what, screw it, we're not, you know, we're not getting four, we can score four goals and a half, but you get fatigue setting in, you know, they did play, as we talked about last week, you know, three games in less than six days or something like that. And you could kind of see that the team looked fatigued. Bernardo Silva, um, you could just tell after he hit the post, his facial expression was just like, oh, why is this happening? You know, just down. And they they knew they had a tall order to, to come back and get a bunch of goals against Liverpool without giving a bunch up in return. And I think... They kind of packed it in a little bit. No, they still put up a bunch of shots, and but their shots were kind of like what I do when I'm down down a goal late in FIFA, where I'm just like, all right, I'm kind of close. I'm just going to rip it and hope I get a wonder goal. Like De Bruyne was just like at times at the end of the second half, just like uncorking shots that he doesn't usually take. That he usually is patient and you know sets up a pass to set up a pass, um, and they just weren't doing that. They they I mean clearly they're harried and hurried and impressing to to get to get back in the game but i overall to answer your question i think it's a it's a very classic pep season that they have a really good league performance you know international tournaments like this are can be crapshoots and you can run into schedule fatigue and schedule misfortune and it's going to seem like a disappointing year yet they're going to put up 105 points in the league so it's it's tough (laughs) it's a pep year it's a pep yeah We'll, we'll coin that. It's a pep year. Uh, I mean, the other thing, like, you know, we didn't really review the Premier League games from, from this weekend, but, like, the Manchester Derby, I mean, that was worst-case scenario for them. That was absolutely worst-case scenario, yeah. And that yeah, was but, um, that was Manu a little bit. We don't have to talk about it too much, but that was kind of them breaking out of their uh, their Mourinho hold a little bit in the second half because they had to. And that was that was really exciting. That was a lot of fun. I hope they do that more. <laughs> yeah, it was exciting to see Paul Pogba actually enjoy playing football versus just, you know, being benched for, I don't know, McTominay or... <laughs> McTominay or, again. Yeah. 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 Um, no, I mean, that hasn't happened in a while. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it's been a tough... <laughs> it seems like a while, but only a week for City. Um, 
three losses in a row, something we probably didn't think was possible. I really didn't expect them to lose this game against Poole, like I said. Um, but, it, you know, it, I didn't think they changed their style. It's it's not like they're going to suddenly be able to, you know, unless they change something drastically, they're not going to be able to deal with the high press. Most of last starting was was great for Liverpool because he was able to provide that. Mane able to provide that. Um and what I thought was interesting is, you know, you have Wijnaldum in the midfield for Liverpool. It's not even like they have their optimal lineup. Yeah. And, and yet it just shows that the system works. Um, and, and, you know, able to hold City to a goal, just a goal over two legs. Um, That's impressive. That's the most impressive thing out of this. A goal a goal over two legs, three shots over two legs on target. Um, you know, I, I think Liverpool proved they they were the better team over the two legs. And I, I kind of agree with you about City and, and Fatigue. Um, but at the same time, City's a deeper squad. So, you know, uh, if you're going to say that about them, why don't you see that from other teams? Um, so, I, I don't know. Teams handle, uh, I, I guess teams and training regiments are different. And, and you know, players, player fatigue is different across teams. Yeah, and we also saw with uh, we were talking about it on uh, during the Manchester City the uh, Manchester Derby was this was the worst case scenario because he had to bring on because Pep is such a need to win every game type of manager he brought on Aguero he brought on Bernier like he brought on guys that we thought he would try to rest um, into that Manchester game to try to get you know get at least a draw. And then it backfires on him, and then it backfires on him again um, to yesterday. So it's just a kind of a vicious cycle here of, of, of fatigue and error and just, I mean, it's fair to say they're limping to through the end of the year. And this was <laughs> the, the, the Champions League was basically all they had to play for um, from February on. And, and that part of, the, that, of their year is definitely a disappointment for them, for this say- type of team and this talent. I'd say the one strange decision in terms of lineup that Pep made was, uh, again, we don't know Aguero's fitness, but presumably if he was brought on for the Derby, then um, he was fit for the Liverpool game. Uh, not starting Aguero, uh, not starting starting Gundogan, who's you know sort of been in the lineup for the past month or so. Um, you needed goals. And needed I, you know. goals. Um, I mean, they kind of, yeah, they needed goals. I mean, they would have put gun to gun on for who though? Like Raheem Sterling. Like they kind of played with nah, like probably probably Bernardo Silva. If I if I had to say, yeah, but um, Bernardo Silva has played I think the most minutes of anyone on City. So like he's been a rock as much as Gundogan. Um, he played. I mean, Pep played an attacking formation. They basically played one center back, uh, two fullbacks, and then a bunch of you know midfielders with three up top. So they, they went for it uh, for sure. At least in, well, they went for it in terms of formation, but when you have one of the best strikers in the world on the bench, regard, yeah. regardless if he's, if he's a hundred percent, I mean, Sergio Aguero is a big game player. It's, it's, I, I think it was probably, I'm not going to say a mistake, but it, it was just weird to see him brought on in the 66 minute after Mosulah had scored his goal uh, 10 minutes earlier, you know, when the game's basically over, why are you going through the motions now? Yeah, I, that's a good question. If, yeah, I, I don't have a good answer for it. If he, uh, you're right that if he was good enough to come in for half an hour, and he came in pretty early 
and that the Manchester Derby, it's not like he came in with 10 minutes to play. He came in with lots of time on the clock, if I'm not, if I remember correctly. And so if he's fit enough to do half an hour against Manchester, uh, he should be fit enough to, to start. And even if he can't go a full night, full 90, if he gives you a first half and tucks in a couple, you know, you have Liverpool on the ropes anyways. So I, I agree. He should have probably started. Um, yeah, right over he, put, Jesus, yeah. he put he put about fifteen minutes push stoppage time against against United. Okay, um, so a little less than I thought, but still, I mean, he should be fit to play if he's fit to to come. Especially, especially if you need three goals in a short amount of time. Yeah. Um, all right. Enough. Enough with that tie. I mean, again, Liverpool better team over two legs uh, in both games. I, I thought. Um, well. Not the first half, but second half, they just completely controlled City, uh, who were deflated after that away goal. Uh, and then let's call it, talk about the absolute shocker in Roma Barcelona. Um, I so I want to say a couple of things about this tie. I think the first of which is you know we went over it last week, and to our credit, we did talk well. We we did talk about how uh, we weren't really impressed with Barcelona's squad. You said you liked the four four two. Um, which well, <laughs> yeah, I was I was a little lukewarm about it last week, and now I definitely feel that way. Um, the one interesting fact that I want to bring up about these two legs are, uh, okay, so Roma wins three nothing yesterday. Daniela De Rossi and Constantinos Manolas. Manolas, two, what a great Mano, name! Uh, Constantinos Manolas, right? The two guys who were responsible for own goals in the first leg come up and both score in the second leg. Manolas getting the game, you know, the tie-breaking goal. I, I think that's just, like, great for them. And, you know, obviously De Rossi takes a penalty. He's the penalty taker. Um, but I think that's just great. I mean, obviously, you know, we we set the own goals last week. We're pretty, we're pretty unlucky, actually, both of them. Um uh, give me your thoughts on this on this tie, um, and and sort of the same question that I just asked you about City, uh, about Barcelona. You know, how does this fit into their overall assessment of the season? So the, my takeaway from this game was I was even say say Roma doesn't get the last goal and they kind of fall a little short. I still think it's a incredibly impressive performance uh, to play a back three and you know, not give up a ton of shots uh, to keep a a clean sheet against Barcelona. And this is not like Allison was, you know, making and saving everything. Uh, He, he played well, but there were definitely stretches where Roma had possession and, you know, pushed Barcelona forward and, and Allison didn't have to just, uh, it was not the Allison show. I'll say. Yeah. It's a, a testament to route one football a little bit and, kind of the first two Roma goals were were long ball goals effectively and had where you know kind of relying on Edin Dzeko who still is clearly a very good player and a you know he might be a little sl- foot speed slow but he's strong as hell as you can see when he you know tosses aside uh, I think as Umiti um on the on his first goal to then tucks it in and then draws a penalty with PK you know doing everything he can um, very, to drag him down yeah. that, that that ref um almost earned his Spanish stripes by not calling a penalty there on PK he he thought about not calling it for a little while um so so yeah I mean I think it was interesting right PK PK like 
kind of has a hold of him, and I, I think he, he doesn't call that. But if you actually look at the replay, PK, like, trips him with his legs, and I think that ultimately is what tipped him over he, the Yeah, head. he was grabbing him across the arm and chest and then trips him. Like, And, again, that's testament to, like, you, Zeko is a big, strong dude who, you know, we don't see a ton of, like, obviously we still have that type of mold of a striker, but that's coming a little bit out of fashion. And you have more, you know, smaller guys, guys with more, you know, messy type. Obviously Messi's a one in his own, but that more body style is more in favor than the, just the big um, striker who can get up in the air and just, you know, push through defender. So it was cool to see that style of football a little bit come back. Um, and then, for Barcelona, like I, it's a similar question uh, with City. It's it's tough because Barcelona hasn't lost in their league, and they probably there's a good chance that they just finish La Liga undefeated, which is like, you know, I have we haven't seen since they still, uh, they still play Real, they still play Sevilla. They, well, Sevilla is the Copa del Rey. They still play Copa del Rey, uh, yeah, yeah. They still play Real and Valencia. Both of them at home, actually. Over now, home. They probably will drop one because I imagine now that the Champions League is over, uh, you were mentioning earlier that Messi is probably more hurt than he's letting on. I bet Messi takes the rest of the season here to just get in as you know good health as he can for the World Cup. Because what is it? What does it matter to play you know um, in eighty minutes against you know Las Palmas or whoever? Uh, so. They probably will drop one. I think for Barcelona, this is a disappointing season. They probably will also win two trophies. But for them, um, the season, you know, it started a little disappointment. They got kind of wrecked by Real Madrid, if I remember correctly, in the beginning part of the year in the Super Cups. Um, They have had a pretty tough run through the Copa del Rey. I believe a couple of teams, if I'm not mistaken, took them to an extra tie that they didn't need to go through um, or an extra game in the tie. And yes, their domestic league has been very successful, but they didn't really show a lot in the Champions League. They got through their group, but not overly impressively, not in the dominant fashion that we, we thought. And Roma scored what? Roma scored five goals, six goals. They scored six goals in this time, if you include the two um, unlucky own goals. <laughs> and so they... Yeah, I mean, Barcelona did only put the ball in the back of the net twice. One of them... Twice, yeah. yeah. Uh, Suarez clearly is just not right. Um, he's clearly right in domestic leagues because he's having a very good season there. But he's something's up with him um, in these tournaments. Either he's shying away from the pressure or just getting unlucky. I would probably say getting unlucky or getting worse. Um, but it's they're definitely. I would consider this to me to be a poor season um, for uh, Barcelona standards and. I mean, they didn't necessarily incorporate Coutinho in as much as we thought they would. Um, Dembele well, they is not. They, they can. can't. They, yeah. yeah, they can the Champions League. But still, I, I agree with you. I mean, they have been struggling domestically. They, uh, before the Roma game, they had to score two goals uh, after the 87th minute just to tie Sevilla. They were down 2 nothing to Sevilla. Yeah, and Sevilla in the XG game crushed Barcelona. They had a lot more chances than just those two goals, too. Yeah, um, no, they, they look like they're struggling. And again, um, to our credit, you know, we got a lot of things wrong about our predictions for this week, but we did say we weren't impressed with Barcelona last week. Um, 
And I, I, I mean, Roma just went for it. It's like you're saying, you know, the back, yeah. the back three. You have Kolarov and Florenzi playing the wings uh, in a, in a, you know, just the five of them spanning the midfield. Uh, starting a striker in Patrick Schick, who has zero goals. This <laughs> I don't understand. Like you have a guy in Sengu's under who is just been playing lights out. Um, under doesn't start, and it's just like every decision. It's you know maybe it didn't make sense, but every decision worked. Yeah, De Francesco um, just had one of those games. Um. <laughs> yeah, um, you know I, I think in a lot of ways Messi had an off night. Um, but it was just really hard for uh, Messi to get the ball. I mean, Busquets, just terrible game. Uh, Sergi Roberto, uh, terrible game. Iniesta, you know, showed a little bit of age, I thought, in this game. Yeah, I was going to ask you that question. Like, do they, does Barcelona need to, I don't, a clean house is too strong of a term, but they do, do they need to get younger in some key places? Well, I mean, I think they are younger in some, like, you know, Coutinho's here, right? Yeah. Um, it was you, you have you have Paulinho. Um, it, it's it's challenging. I mean, there's rumors that Dennis Suarez wants to leave. Um, well, not nec- maybe not necessarily wants to leave, but uh, is unhappy with his playing time. Um, I I don't know. I, I really don't know what their issue was in this game. Um, I thought they had been overachieving a little bit this season, but then again, it's like we just said, you know, they haven't lost a game. So it's, it's hard to pinpoint. I, I think much like city did in the first leg against Liverpool, they just had a really off night on one of the worst nights possible. Yeah. Um, and I think, I think to Roma's credit though, they, they made, you know, they fielded a bunch of guys who aren't necessarily younger than, than Barcelona's midfield, but, uh, they just made it really hard for Barcelona's, uh, you know, midfield and even and even uh, backline to to supply the ball to Suarez and Messi, uh, and because of that, like they really Messi and Suarez really didn't have a chance this game. Um, yeah, I agree with you. I mean, I'm looking at overall stats here, and it's odd to see a Barcelona game where they only have. 57% of possession and only are successful on three quarters of their passes. They're usually right. well above 60 and, you know, almost close to 90, you know, 92% pass success. So I mean, Roma clearly some... was dis- a disruptive force here. Right. I, I mean, even, even just not just the past success, right? So I, I agree with you hundred percent, you know, three quarters of their passes is, is much lower, but, uh, just a number of passes they attempted, regardless of the, whether they were accessible. Yeah, only uh, 500, which is much, much smaller for them than usual. Right. So, I, I mean, Roma just challenged them. I, I think Roma just, you know, th- the effort was there. The, the effort by the coach was there. The effort by the players were there. I don't know what he says to, to get them fired up, to get them to believe that they could do this, because I can tell you that I certainly didn't. Um, yeah. But, and if you haven't seen it, go look at the, uh, the, there's a video, I think the Roma Twitter account actually itself posted of Matalas, um, just like overcome with emotion when the fans are singing uh, the, the I, I'm going to call it the Roma fight song. Uh, I think Grazie Roma. <laughs> and he's just like, it clearly means the world to him. Um, and that's just, it was just so cool to see. Well, yeah. He, I mean, for him, he was, yeah, that was awesome. For, for him to get the goal, I'm sure. 
I'd say the only thing that DeFrancisco did wrong this game is he only made two subs. He didn't even realize <laughs> that he didn't even realize that he had to waste time. Um, no, nah, I mean it's it's a really cool result for Roma, um, uh, and I hope they they can challenge whoever they play in the next round. And I, I think you know by beating Barcelona by scoring four goals against Barcelona, they showed that they could probably uh, probably compete with anyone. Um, all right, let's take a break real quick, and then when we come back, we will talk a little bit about our, our trade matchup for uh, the semifinal. Sounds good. Cool. All right, we're back. Remember Chad Soccer Podcast. Ryan, Bayern, Real. Liverpool and Roma. Give me the two matchups you want to see in terms of entertainment. Oh, in terms of entertainment. I want to see Madrid, Roma, Pool, Munich. I think that basically I want to keep Madrid and Munich away from each other until the finals because I think that are these, those are the two most talented, two best teams remaining. So it doesn't make sense to pair them off. And then I think there's a really in, cool narrative if Roma can beat the two tit- titans of Spain. And then I think uh, Pool. I, I was hoping for City Munich. Um, I think I said that last round. So give me more frantic City with um, more organized Munich and uh, with, with Liverpool there. And, and I think that's, that is a good test for, for Bayern. So give me, give me that, give me those ties. Okay. I'm going to take slightly different approach. Um, I agree that I would want to see Bayern and Madrid on the same uh, on different sides. Although I don't know if I would definitively say that Bayern's a better team than Liverpool. Um, and that's again not the bias talking. I think it's just—it's like we've been saying. It's hard to judge Bayern's skill. Um, I think I want to see Real play Liverpool, um, and I think I want to see, see Roma play Bayern. I think Roma probably has the best shot against Bayern, which is a strange thing to say. But I mean, it's the semifinals. There's really only good teams left, so they you got to someone. No, I, I think Roma Roma Bayern would be a great tie, um, and then. Liverpool Madrid um, would have a ton of goals. He would have, uh, I'd say, right now, you know, two of the top three players in the world uh, in that game. You know, the, you could market that as Ronaldo versus Salah, uh, which would be great leading up to the World Cup, where you know they're going to have time to shine too, both of them. Um, so I think you know, and I, I wouldn't. As a Liverpool fan, I hope to avoid Madrid, but I think it would be a very entertaining uh, two legs. Yeah, it would be entertaining. Um, it would be a good test to see if you guys are transitively better than Tottenham because you'd have to take four points <laughs> off of, oh, off yeah, of Madrid. Yeah. That, that, trans- <laughs> that transitive property always works in sports. It's never always failed. Worked. Never yeah. failed. Uh, th- that would be fun. I, I think... Any of the matchups really would be pretty good. I would be, you know, there's a pretty good chance that we could see Madrid, uh, Bayern, or Bayern uh, drawn together, which, yes, I want to see that as a final, but I still think it would be a really fun semifinal. Uh, I, 
I kind of, if you're a Liverpool fan, you kind of want to like not be in the way of Roma in my mind. Like (laughs) (laughs) it sounds stupid, but like, yes, they're the worst team of the four remaining, but like, I don't know. Like they, they clearly showed that they, they they can bring it. And I think that uh, we don't give enough credit to that atmosphere in that stadium that uh what's the, the uh, proper study, name study study olympico is study olympico is crazy yeah. um side side note about roma uh something that i meant to bring up before they have the rome derby this weekend so, so oh, I, 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 I actually wanted to bring this up about roma uh and we could do it now because we're talking about them uh roma right now is tied with lazio so they're tied with the team that they're playing this weekend in their derby well, that is insane. Uh, that is insane. And they're in third and fourth place, respectively, right? So so those two teams uh, are the two Champions League spots. Right behind them, one point behind them is Inter, right? So Inter's going to gain points on somebody this weekend. Uh, but but really... No, no, I mean, maybe not. The Inter plays uh, the eighth-place team, at Atalanta, who's, who's yeah, had Inter, a good year. Inter plays Atalanta, uh, and it's at Atalanta, so that's that's good for Rome and La- <laughs> Roma and Lazio. But I think to the bigger point is Roma, unlike the other four, well, Liverpool can't really either, but Real Madrid and Bayern have the luxury of taking off domestically, where Liverpool and Roma cannot, uh, especially Roma. Um, Liverpool has a little bit of a cushion, but Roma does not. Uh, and I believe Roma still has to play uh, uh, Juventus in the, the six or seven games they have left. I believe they play Juventus and then the like next hardest game is Genoa. But obviously they have the Rome Derby this weekend too. And it's, I believe they're at Lazio. So they, uh, let's see, they have Genoa, Sassuolo. Yeah. Juventus is their second to last game. Right. At so, home. so, I mean, it's just like, Roma cannot take a week off. They cannot take a game off for the rest of the season. Um, and I think it's just going to be really interesting to see how they handle, you know, being in the semifinals of the Champions League uh, and competing to get back into the Champions League next season. <laughs> Do you think they have a better shot of coming in the top four or winning the Champions League to get back? In the <laughs> I mean, I think they they'll go top four. I, yeah, I, they, I, mean, I the rest of their uh, their schedule is pretty easy. They have Juventus, but if they if, even if they drop points to Lazio, they probably will. They probably could get it back. Um, yeah. They gotta. I mean, they gotta watch out for Fiorentina, man. Fiorentina beat Roma two nil uh, last weekend and is still undefeated. I know. Um, uh, six. The interesting thing about that that race in Italy is, I believe uh, Inter still has a tough schedule remaining too. So uh, that that at least benefits Roma. Uh, okay, getting back to Champions League, though. I, I mean, I don't think I would want to be any team standing in the way of Roma, right? It's yeah, you know, it's like the best and worst of, of you know, it's probably the team you want to draw, but you have to be completely wary of it. I think from Liverpool's point of view, I'm certainly glad they have Virgil Van Dijk if they if they draw Roma because I don't see how else you would deal with that in Jekka. Yeah, it's uh, it's interesting because obviously, City's attacking. You know, talent is small, <laughs> is small, but also, you know, they have a lot of talent and they're very good and they scored a lot of goals this year. But they could have used someone like Jacko uh, plenty uh, in the last couple of games they've had. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so that, uh, you know, looking forward to seeing that draw. I believe the draw always happens on the Friday. So probably this Friday, 
Uh, yeah, it is this Friday. This Friday, 7 a.m., and those games are uh, a couple of weeks away. Um, so we'll, we'll wait to see and you know do our preview next week. Um, all right, let's quickly go through the Premier League games from this week. Um, we could start with, with the game that you're probably not looking forward to in, in Spurs and City. Do you think this is finally the game where City clinched the title? I mean, probably, just because they probably won't lose four in a row in five out of the last <laughs> seven or whatever it is. Um, we're just going to keep increasing the number. Well, they probably won't lose. And <laughs> they probably will clinch the title. Yeah, um, yeah the, uh, we'll say Liverpool showed the world the blueprint. And I think Tottenham is one of the few teams that they can't match Liverpool in that sort of crazy pressing, but they can do a pretty good imitation of that pressing. Um, they have, you know, they, they usually run a high press. They don't run as frantic, I think is fair to say, as, as Liverpool. They're not to say that they're like more organized, but they just, they back off sooner than Liverpool does, I think, in their, in their press. But if you're Tottenham, you kind of, you're, you won your battle when you beat Chelsea. Uh, in my mind, you gave you gave yourself enough space, and then Chelsea drawing last weekend, the gap now is what uh, a full ten points, six games remaining. In my yeah. mind, you have a game advantage against Liverpool for that third spot. Yeah. I say go balls to the walls, go all out, press like Liverpool. You have the you have the talent to even if you plan to play long balls and like you know play the long ball game with them but press um counter like your hair is on fire let sunny run at kyle walker and uh, laporte all day and if you win four three i will i will enjoy it uh they probably won't but that would be my strategy just go for it what do you have to lose you're kind of in a pretty great place right now listen at this point i would say come on they have fourth locked up chelsea chelsea look disheveled um and you don't want City celebrating the Premier League Championship on your field. Absolutely, and City's going to be tired. They're probably you and know, City, and City's going to be tired. You know, they haven't looked good. I, I think. I think I agree with you. Liverpool set a blueprint, but but also United. You know, it's it's you just have to weather the City storm and weather them down, and then they make mistakes. Um, yeah, I'm worried about like Davis and Sanchez, or if they get Alderweireld to back in back in the lineup. I'm worried that their back line is not as good as this sounds really weird, but not as good as, as Liverpool's has played recently, um, which is a weird sentence to say um, from where we were in the beginning of the year, but they, they definitely hit you right there. The blueprint is there and they have fourth locked up. So just go for it. Yeah. I, I, Spurs have a good line. I mean, they have the third best defensive record in the league, and they could actually turn that this weekend by by beating City. Um, I actually, the more we talk about it, I think Spurs are going to take this. It's at a weird time for a Saturday, two forty-five. Not what you. That's typically late. See. That's really yeah, late. Not not something you typically see in the England game, but I get probably. Yeah, that's a, that's an Italian league start. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, Running through a couple other games, I mean, you have a big game for Southampton at Chelsea, the early 7.30 game. Southampton home, uh, they have a game in hand in most of the teams at the bottom of the table, but playing Chelsea, I think they would be happy 
if they could pull a point away from here? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, they desperately need any sort of points, right. uh, even with a game in hand. I think I could see a draw happening here. That would that. Yeah, I, I, I can too. I mean, the draw that just eliminates Chelsea for good. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, if, if if Chelsea and uh, Southampton have drawn, I don't know if I'm going to watch the Tottenham Man City game because that usually means Man City is probably going to put it in five. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the other, the other game. I mean, this I haven't looked, but this has to be the game that's going to be on TV. Is Palace Brighton? Um, and then actually looking at it, it is the game that's going to be on TV. So that's good. Uh, sorry, yeah, that it's the 10 a.m. game on NBC. Um, Palace Brighton, you know, separated by four points. I think for Brighton, this could really just put them. It would solidify them in the league exactly. next year for sure. Yeah. Exactly. It would guarantee their survival, whereas Palace, if Palace were to lose this game at home, um, you know, things get a little nervy for them with, with four games left. Uh, what's, your, what's your snap prediction for Palace Brighton with Palace being home? Uh, I'm going to go Brighton. They have impressed me uh, in the last little while. They've... They've just played better than I think I've expected. We uh, uh, they, you know, we say that they've, you know, their last round of results are not great, but um, before, <laughs> again, it's the same thing. Before that, they were playing well. Uh, before that, they were playing well. I, I you'd, usually I would say Palace here, but I'm going to go with Brighton just because uh, it's different, and I, I can kind of see Palace going under. I, I'm. Southampton just has enough talent. I think they'll they'll escape. Um, although we went through a lot of these teams at the bottom here have brutal schedules the rest of the way. Yeah, I mean it's good to know we still haven't given up on Southampton with four games left and they're still, <laughs> still in the relegation zone. But we, we're still pushing for Southampton. Um, yeah, not not many other interesting games. I mean Swansea with a big game home to Everton um, could solidify Swans. Uh, Survival a little bit, um, yeah. I mean, they're they're at thirty two now. Could solidify. It would I definitely points here would help. I think Huddersfield playing um, Watford. That's yeah. a Watford is probably without issue at thirty seven points um, with five left, so they'll probably be okay. But Huddersfield really needs those points. Only four four points clear of the relegation zone. Um, Looking, I don't even know who does Stoke play. They play <laughs> like Monday. Yeah, they play Stoke West Ham on Monday. If you um, obviously Stoke needs points everywhere, but West Ham probably can clinch a spot next year for with a win there too. Right. Yeah. So dull weekend, but uh, definitely try and catch that Palace Brighton game if you can, because that'll those games are always entertaining. How um, mad are you going to be when Harry Kane has a hat trick and pulls it in one goal of Salah and the Golden Boot uh, because of the decision the the board made uh, this week for for giving Harry Kane a goal there? Yeah, I don't really understand. Like, I don't know. I kind of lost some respect for Harry Kane. He's been throwing a little bit of a tantrum this week. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe as a contract, he has to get to twenty five goals or something. It's. Um, I, I'm, I'm not worried about it. Bournemouth gives a lot of gives up a lot of goals. So if Liverpool is playing Bournemouth this weekend, I expect I expect at least uh, I'll say five goals uh, <laughs> in, in this Liverpool Bournemouth game. So this is a question: I, the Champions League 
comes back pretty soon. I don't think it's next week, but maybe the week after. Do you play? Do you give your guys a bit of a break here if you're Klopp? Um, Absolutely not. No. Okay. Why? Just the rhythm, and you yeah. think you keep going for it? Okay. Yeah. I mean, I think I think you could pull them out earlier in games, um, but but no, just there's no reason to. For I, I would say, don't change anything you're doing. I, I, I wouldn't be worried about injuries 40-something games into the season. Sure, they've been playing a long season, but what's the difference between Ford, you know, whatever. I don't know how many games they have in between now and their next Champions League game, probably two, two or three. Yeah, yeah I mean, you're also not the Egyptian manager, so I'm sure. <laughs> you, mean, you, mean, you mean, I believe it's uh, Bob Bradley? I, I think it's Bob Bradley. Is it really? Uh, Jeez. Yeah. I'm, I'm almost positive it's Bob Riley. Um, yeah, I, I think just keep let them keep doing what they're doing. Now, Bob Riley's LAFC. Damn, who is it? it it's an, I'm pretty sure it's an American. Hector. Uh, it was Cooper? an American. It, it totally it had to have been Bob Riley. I think it was Bob Riley previously. He was yeah. before. Yeah, before he took over LAFC. Okay, so there's a new coach now. Um, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't worry about it for for any of these. Like, everybody's going to have that same problem going into the World Cup, right? All of these international coaches. Oh, like... Uh, oh, yeah, of course, yeah. They're so tired, blah, blah, blah. It's like, okay, well, you would rather them have gotten their reps in. Um, I, I don't think Klopp has much to worry about. He has, you know, they're going to get long rests during the week, um, let them play their schedule. And Liverpool, you know, it, they're in the same... They're in a similar position to Tottenham, but they don't have a 10-point lead. They only have a 7-point lead, so you still have to win games. It's you know not solidified yet, the top four. Um, yeah, you still have to win games. This is a whole match, so you don't have to worry about travel as much. Uh, exactly. Exactly. They did play on Tuesday. I think, yeah, you probably play your normal squad. Uh, right. Um, all right. I'm going to plug I'm gonna plug the Rome Derby. you have any other shout-outs you want to give? Uh, I shouted him up before Fiorentina won again last week. Uh, that was, um, against Roma, which is now looking like a really, really good match. So kudos to them. <laughs> yeah. uh, they play Spall, so they should continue that rolling forward. Uh, is there, I'm looking real quick as this loads in the German league. Is there, they usually actually have a really good, uh, end of the season, but I'm looking through now and Leverkusen, Eintracht Frankfurt is a pretty good, uh, match up those teams um, are battling for your fourth and fifth places. So there's Champions League spot on the line there. Uh, Schalke versus Dortmund, yeah. two versus three. That's probably the match of, of the Bundesliga weekend. Uh, kind of meaningless for either team. I guess Dortmund is at risk of dropping out of the top four, but uh, if Schalke wins, they're basically guaranteed that second place. So that'll, that'll be fun. Dortmund's had a down year, but if they can, you know, their goal the rest of the year should be qualifying for champions league and, um, ensuring that as much as possible. Right. Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to give a shout out to, uh, a second league team, um, Fulham playing in the championship. Uh, so the championship has 24 teams, meaning they played 46 games in their league, which is a lot of games. Um, I believe, they just played their 42nd game. If I'm the, yep, 42nd game. Uh, Fulham now has pulled into the guaranteed promotion spot for uh, I think the first time all season. Um, 
in the 42nd out of 46th game. Uh, they leapfrogged Cardiff City, which if I'm a Premier League team and I see I could either be going to Wales or I could just be playing another team in London, I'm pretty, <laughs> ha- I'm pretty happy that Fulham is now in second place. Granted, Cardiff has a game in hand on them. Yeah, if I'm, if I'm a Premier League team, I want Queen's Park, I want Fulham, I want all the London teams I can get coming up. Yeah, but but it's always entertaining. I mean, I think it's another, you know, much like the relegation battle, we forget about the, the promotion battle uh, in the championship and, and first and second get the guaranteed promotion, but third through sixth play in that ridiculous promotion playoff. <laughs> um, ridiculous in a good way. I mean, it's just so entertaining with these one games that you know with these single games that matter so much so keep an eye on the uh the promotion battle i'll say for from the championship um yeah last but not least i i've got uh it doesn't matter because they're 14 points clear but you do have a one versus two in ligong uh psg uh going to monaco you might and this might be you and i emory's last game so if you're a big uh uni fan tune in on sunday afternoon is it the last game of the season? It's not, but he might get fired up for this game. Who knows? You know, uh, this is the last game that has guess, any sort of importance for PSG. <laughs> I guess. I guess that's something you could say about all of PSG's games for any manager ever. <laughs> um, all right. With that, uh, I'll talk to you next week. Next week we'll do our Champions League preview and uh, anything else that has happened during the week. Until then, I'll talk to you. See ya.